What is going on, guys? Um, well, today, me and Elijah Lamb are going to be talking about something um, that's really hard for us to share uh, about, um, really, because we don't have a whole lot of experience with it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to try. Oh, gosh. I thought you were being serious. I didn't know where you were going with it. Yeah. Like, um, we're talking is- about failures. I don't I don't have a whole lot of those. <sighs> really, honestly. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, I would have to think about it. This is gonna be a pretty stinking short podcast episode. Yeah, we're gonna have to edit I it. have not really messed up in ministry. I've said the right things on the internet all the time. I have said the right thing to, to leaders. Yeah. I've woken up on time for certain meetings yep. that I needed to wake up. I've I've done the right things. I haven't messed up before. That's true, bro. Um I've made the right decisions, never out of emotion. Um, never said anything based off of uh, zeal and um, no wisdom at all. I've just always done the right thing. So I agree. I mean, I can attest to that. <laughs> You're perfect, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No. It turns out not. What about you, Elijah? How have you made mistakes before? No, I've watched you make a lot of them though, firsthand. Of mm. course. Uh, <laughs> I've made so many, and that's the cost of being anointed. <laughs> gotta fail yeah I feel like there's like a I, said, I think I said this in the last episode I feel like there's an Oogway quote on that right <laughs> Oogway's he's, he's referencing Kung Fu Panda 1, 2, and 3 Kung Fu Panda Kung he's, Fu he's not in 1, 2, and 3 he's in yes, 1 he, no no he's in 1, 2, and 3 he's in he's in it, Kung Fu Panda he comes, he, he comes back as like a spirit a vision and a spirit when wow, um, Poe goes to the spirit world in Kung Fu Panda 3 he's there. bro what why do you have the all the content <laughs> I haven't seen the sequel since I was like 10 years it's old. It's a fantastic franchise. Failure number one. Yeah, that was weird. Yes. I'm looking up Oogway quote on failure. I'm positive. It is not if you try. No, that's you Yoda. Try. You're thinking of Yoda. Um, no, that's not it. You just need to believe. No. Ah, this is the one. All right. Yesterday is history. Wait, what does his voice sound like? Yesterday is history. Yesterday is history. But today? Tomorrow is a mystery. And today is, is the a gift. Present. Oh. That is why they call it the present. So that had nothing to do with failure, it turns out. Usually our episodes are funny at the beginning. Okay. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, my little dumpling. I didn't, uh, didn't plan jokes ahead this time. Um, yeah, that was a fir- that was the first mistake of mine ever recorded in history. I have quite a few, so we're gonna talk we about them. Talk about them. Can I yeah. go first? You want to go first? No, no, you go first. Well, should we explain why? Yeah, so we're gonna tell you our failures and how we've messed up. Just a few funny, good examples. Um, because young people have a tendency to, and we and we do this to think our failures are the end of the world, and it turns out most of the time they're not. Um, and I think for me, hearing leaders in my life talk about times they failed has made me feel like loads lighter. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. It's like, oh, oh wait. Oh, <laughs> it, oh, wait. Everyone does dumb things and it's going to be okay. And like nobody's expecting me to be perfect. Yeah. One of the most impactful sermons I've ever heard was from David Platt. And he talked about his failure. I remember there's a story he gave and man, I really looked up to him. But after he gave it, I actually looked up to him even more because I realized how human he was. It's so easy to like put these guys, Francis Chan, David Platt, John Piper. Whoever else you listen to. John MacArthur. Wow. Bill Johnson. Okay. That, ben wow. Ian. The pendulum is swinging. We are go- like, we're all over the place. <laughs> Michael Koulianos. Yeah, I love him. Your local youth pastor in Tennessee. 
your your local youth pastor with his with his with his dunks, his skinny jeans, his swoop tee, and his Among Us sermon. <laughs> I've heard them before. Oh no. Okay. They were sus. That's a. F- <laughs> That that should go on the list of failures for sure. I actually have like a sermon fail in here. But we basically just want to talk about areas we messed up because it's funny, it's entertaining, and but it's also like I don't know, me and David have our eyes set on like we want to serve the Lord and we wanna we wanna see the world changed. You know, we have really, really big dreams. Um and in the process it's easy to look at people who you look up to and go like, Oh, well, they don't make all the mistakes that I make and they don't do all the dumb things that that I'm I just do trying to make money, actually. Wow, bro, that is crazy. Yeah, that's why I do this ministry stuff to make loads of cash. Uh, yeah, that makes sense for you. Um, but it's not true. We we made a lot of stupid, stupid decisions and said a lot of dumb things, and uh, it's good to learn from them. So we thought it, we yeah. thought it would just be fun. I, honestly, we just had this be a fun idea. Most of our podcasts are a little bit more intense. Like we yeah. kind of just teach, teach, teach. I I guess you could say. Um, we kind of just want to tell stories on this one. If that's not your exact flavor, then repent uh, and listen anyway because I don't care. Um, huh. Don't do the fake laugh. <laughs> that's your failure, listener. Yeah. If you don't like this episode, that's on you. But it's okay. Failing's okay. Yeah, you just get up seven times. You, you have to actually listen to this episode seven times. Over, oh. I think Proverbs says something like that. All right, go ahead. Go first. Let's, let's, just, let's just get it. You guys will like this. This is going to be fun. Um, this is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. Uh, that was pretty good, huh? Yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was mm, pretty I good. I don't know. I kind of regret doing that. Failure number one, that. Failure number two, I slept in on Francis Chan. I had a meeting with him. David loves to tell this story. Yeah, because it's just so funny. Francis Chan was my big, big-time hero. Um, still is. Got a crazy opportunity to spend a couple hours with him, go to some churches, and it would be me, him, and another man that I really loved. And I set three alarms, and I prayed twice that I would wake up. <laughs> you prayed that you wouldn't oversleep? Twice. twice. What time did you go to bed? Like midnight. And what time did you have to wake Maybe up? 2 a.m. It was 2 a.m. I went to bed at 2 a.m. And what time did you have to wake up? Like 8. Oh, brother. Okay, so you were praying in yeah. faith. Yeah. But I set three alarms. I've never slept through an alarm. Like I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah, I am. I know. And <laughs> I wake up at 8.10, 10 minutes after I was supposed to wake up or meet them outside. And I had two missed calls from this man, not Francis Chan, but the other guy. I was like, hey, bro, where are you? Hey, bro, we have to leave. And I don't think I've experienced more pain <sighs> in my life than that moment. That is tough. And they left without you. They had to leave. They had to get to the church. <sighs> Why didn't you just meet them there? Why did you just Uber? Oh, I didn't think of that. Are you, are you being serious? Yeah. Wait, so you just hung out like at like a hotel all day or something? I met with another leader that was epic as well. But I'm not going to say his name. But, but you just... It was two options, and I I missed the first option, but I got the second. I got option B, which was fantastic. But Francis was like the guy that I really wanted to meet. And That's so... The church was like 45 minutes away. I don't know. I should probably should have Ubered looking back on it. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You never thought. <laughs> There's no way you never thought of that before. It's the first time it ever came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shut up. Your turn, Elijah. Oh, that's crazy. That doesn't feel like a failure. It just feels like you're dumb. It's just like a stupid story. If you that's didn't... a pretty big failure. Okay. I'll get into the other non-impressive let, failures. Let, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reference. It'll, it'll make sense. Um, okay, so there's an organization called uh, How to Life. And you know, you know How to Life, right? I love How to Life. Okay. So, of course you do. I really do. Right, yeah, right. I don't even know why I asked you that. You came to London and everything. Um, anyway, uh, so I signed up to be the director of the Orlando Out of Life event. And then I moved to L.A., which is bad timing. <laughs> so it's hard to be running an event in Florida when you live in Los Angeles. And it wasn't working. And it's I, like halfway across the country. Yeah, I basically did none. Wait, what? <laughs> it's the, all the way. I know. Okay, anyway, so I'm supposed to be running this event, right? Um, and I'm just not able to do any any of my responsibilities as the director. Right. So it kind of just got like passed off to, to everybody else. And there was no real director. We just ran it as like a committee, as like a group. And it was kind of <laughs> just everybody else. Don't do that. Don't ad-lib my stories anymore. I'm so tired of it, bro. Gosh, darn it. Anyway, so then, listen, bro. Be, so then they, they created this uh, manual after the fact for how to life events. So if you want to run one, you have to listen, you have to follow all the rules right. in this manual and the section, the director section, they put in place because of me, because I, and the director, like the leader of how to life told me this to my face. There are rules that directors have to follow direct. There has to be an appointed director and they have to be able to run the event because I fumbled so hard. <laughs> they told me that I was such a bad director that if they hadn't gotten involved in the event, it would not have been possible to happen. There was more that's, that's bad, like bro. corporate oversight <laughs> of the main How to Life group over our event than any How to Life event in history. That's bad. Because I fumbled so hard. Did you just laugh track me, bro? No, that was my laugh. That was genuine. I can't stand you. Anyway, so that was really bad. It was really when he told me that I laughed for so long. I was like, "Wow, I'm an idiot." Maybe cried a little. I am so. Stu- I did not cry. I don't feel any shame ever. That's good. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Try and beat that. How do I? How do I one up this? Should I do it? Yep. All right. Yep. This is no. This is like the grand finale. Okay. You got to save that one. All right. Talk about like uh, your TikToks. <laughs> Which one? There's thousands. No, just go on a rant about them. So, I didn't know what I was doing a lot of the time with my TikTok. <laughs> and so, stranger, <laughs> Still don't know my name. <laughs> I really hope someone listening saw that on my Instagram story. There's, there's a video of David's where it's like him, like, okay, as he is always so close to the camera, which I, to this day, I beg him to stop doing. But Still? I feel like I can't get out of it now. No, you you just should do it. You should back it. up a little bit. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Anyway, yeah. I uh, <laughs> was looking at trying to find embarrassing videos with David, and there was one. Uh, it was like a YouTube short, and it was like this long. It's like stranger. Still don't know my name. And <laughs> it's bad. It makes my tummy. Tingle. And he used the verse from Matt. He used the. <laughs> He used a verse from Matthew 7. Yeah, like, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Depart from me, I never knew you. <laughs> I like it's like a half half tried thirst trap. And he's like biting his lip in the video. It's crazy. 
Dude, Jesus has patience. I would have smited me down. Smitten. You should have been smote. Anyway, just talk about your, your TikToks. So I had much zeal, much zeal for the kingdom of God, but not much knowledge to withhold that zeal. So I would say things like if you don't share the gospel with your friend, you either hate your friends or you don't believe the gospel. No, no option C. <laughs> I would say you things. You could just be passive, maybe. You could just maybe be waiting because the Lord is doing right, right. Also, that so many options. You, why you're you, not sharing the gospel? But yeah, there are so many other things it could be. So many things. I said things like, oh. "I'm sorry, bro, but no, <laughs> not even close." I told the world that Islam was. Demonic, which it is. Which I'm is not true. really ashamed about that video. Could yeah. I have gone about it a yeah. little differently? Yeah. Yeah, it could okay. have been a little bit of a different strategy. But I just said Muhammad was dead and Jesus is alive. No, that's fire. That's kind of fire. No, though. I stand by that. Yeah, me too. That's lit. I don't know. I just, I made a lot of dumb theological videos that just weren't theologically correct. Oh, lot. yeah. There was there one I said theology doesn't matter. Yeah, that one. People, dude, the reform people got me on like blast. I got told after that video that I should never preach again. But yeah. they were by like 18 year olds. So I didn't yeah, I remember. I, I defend. I, I protected him. Things. That happened multiple uh, times when people would like the Christian peeps would be angry at me because this is something stupid and then I should be like yeah guys chill he loves God <laughs> leave him alone leave him alone leave my boy alone leave my brother alone hello we weren't even that close either I know which is crazy <laughs> divine now we're dude, who would have thought we would have been roommates yeah it's true that was one of my failures letting you live in this room bro <laughs> that's one of mine bro bro doesn't make his bed okay you don't need to out me Crap. like that. My bed's going to be on fire tomorrow. Yesterday, yeah. I told him, I like made a joke. I was like, bro, you never make your bed. I walk in and my bed's made, but it's upside down. <laughs> so my my entire bed's flipped upside down. I, I inverted his bed and I made it upside down. Every, like all like, the blankets and everything, the good. pillows are in reverse like, order. Yeah, everything was, was great. That's good. Um, yeah, I made a lot of video, a lot of mistakes on the internet. I, I said a lot of dumb things in front of a lot of people. Like that's the kind of thing where like if you, like let's say, I mean, just, just in life, but it, in particular with things in the Lord, like in, if you're discipling someone or maybe you, you want to go into ministry, whatever it is, um, any, any gospel related thing you're passionate about, like you probably will never, and, and you might, but you probably will never have to make those mistakes in front of the number of people millions that David me. and I made mistakes. Yeah. Doing millions are for you, bro. Millions, millions bro. Of, millions of people. I always say my sanctification has been public. <laughs> like like yeah, from day bro. one, bro. My my immaturity was on the forefront of my of of my 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 social media page. Like everything. Millions of people, bro, saw my everything. Yeah, everything, bro. My theology changed multiple times. So many times. You know what? Can I tell you something, guys? <laughs> People on the internet still, still to this day think I'm an angry Calvinist, cessationist, hard complementarian. They think I'm like a heresy hunter. They think I hate women in the church. They think, uh, But like, you never even said the women part. I no, don't know where I've, that came I, from. I have talked about women in ministry, women needing to be in ministry. I've never actually. And, and like taught those passages from a from the, from, from the perspective that I teach on it now, which is a different conversation, since the jump. The way I feel about it now is how I've always felt, felt about it. Right. I am like, I am not the anti-women dude. But people think I am. Somebody, yeah. told, me, somebody told me they were at a church and they were talking about me and they said, oh, you know Elijah Lamb? And they were like, yeah, isn't he like a hard complementarian? And he was like, what? 
No, what? Like, no, bro. People think that because I made. What was it, bro? Bro, I got sent. I made a bunch of videos about Bethel when I was 16 on my Dr. Ruth Lamb TikTok account. And I got sent in like the, the BSSM student like Discord. And they all just started flaming me. No. So when I went to Bethel for the first time for the worship school thing. Crap, dude. Dude, people there were like. I had someone walk up to me and basically be like, why are you why are you here? Like, aren't you like again? I was like, no, dude. I was a confused child. I was a child and I was confused. <laughs> I'm not a heresy hunter. Yeah, that's funny. Like, oh, man. I made, I made so many. I thirst trapped. Like, not even Christian thirst trapped. I thirst trapped. Bad, bro. <laughs> Bad. Bad. And there are edits of it out there that I can't get off the internet. I know. But I just like bailed because I wanted attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just like, that was so dumb of me to do that. A lot of my thirst traps were on my Instagram page when I first started blowing up and I was able to delete those. Yeah, it's not fair. I have bro. the one stranger video, but everything else. Yeah, it's true. Kind of. I was really close yeah, to Yeah, not camera. great. People know. think, I'm like known everywhere as the Calvinist guy. I don't know why. I'm known as the guy who cries. Yeah, but you do cry. Like that's, not a, that's not a false stereotype. It's true. I cry a lot. Someone, I had one time... I was in I was in that one a uh, one YouTube video. Uh, where all I've ever done is explain Calvinism. I've never defended it. Like I've never said I used to say I was one years ago. But I it was one of those things where I was like I don't want to answer questions about this anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I was always avoiding the conversation. I've never been like a It's been like that for 3 years, bro. I've never been a tulip comment section guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh. People still go, "Oh, Elijah Lamb, isn't he a Calvinist? Isn't he the Calvinist guy?" And I'm like, "Bro, I swear I'm not." Well, like some days I am, but some days I'm not. Like I That's okay just, facts. John chapter six, chapter chapter six verse sixty five is crazy. Yeah, and like Romans eight and nine, and like. But I, I, I'm like I, I would say I'm like a single predestination guy. Like yeah, me too. What does that mean again? Yeah, I'm not gonna explain all that to you right now. What's tulip mean? Are you what is what is that complementary and stuff? What compliment? Complementary and what is theology? So does that, it really matter? So this goes. Back all we to need the, to yeah, worry. I was gonna say this goes back to that video you it's made about Jesus. We don't need to worry about theology and just preach doctrine. the gospel, guys. Don't make theology videos on TikTok. Quote David Ladding. Don't don't teach people. Just be passionate. Yeah, that's true. That's really good, David. It's really good. I'm sure that worked out for you really well. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, dude, I made so many. St I had a phase. This is a real thing. I had a phase where my videos weren't doing as hot, so I stole David Ladding's style, even though it wasn't me at all. But you were popping so much, and I was like, I'm going to do it. So I started making videos. You know, I wasn't, like, zoomed in on my face. You were close, though. I was I was getting close. And I would preach with the dramatic music in the background because I was like, this is what's popping. And you know what? It worked. But it was not me, and uh -huh. I hated it. And I thought it was so cringe, and I never wanted – Now, if you put one of my, my preaching videos on in front of me, I will watch the whole thing. And I'll be like, this is fire. Not me. Really? So, well, now recently, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. Like, I, like I, I I'm at a point where I, like – have grown and it took all the failing to realize what I like I bro when I worshipped my my like when I worshipped ministry and when preaching was the end goal and when that's all I wanted to be was a preacher I would preach sermons and I would weep I remember one time I was preaching at a camp and I finished the sermon and I hated it so much I went and I had a panic attack and wept because I was so insecure about it and I thought it was so terrible which is crazy bro like that's outrageous that should not be happening that you know happened to me, bro. Recent, like not recently, I, but like for what was it? Four months ago, it was like my first time I was preaching in person for like a year and a half. Yeah, and 
yeah, I, I went on stage and I was preaching three nights at a camp and I preached that weekend and I called you, bro. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to do this. I was like freaking out because my gosh, I was putting my entire identity in how I preached and I was, I mean, you told me something that changed my life. You said that David preaching and communicating, it's just about you being stoked to talk about your dad. Mm-hmm. It's like changed everything for me. It's it's been the best advice on communication. That's I've ever my received. go-to. That's I mean, what I tell yeah. every preacher. It's every so true, every preacher has to learn that. I had to learn that like really the hard way. Yeah, because I preaching was my god, and then eventually I understood why my preaching sucked. It's because I had the whole motive wrong. But like every preacher has to come to that lesson because it's and every, every every person has to understand that lesson that it's all about lo- loving the Lord. And being in relationship with your father. Yeah. And you I, know? I would feel so horrible after I did bad. Right. So this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. This is why the, the failure, we'll talk about more failures, but this is why the failure conversation is relevant because when your heart's not really, when you don't have the right motive and not in a malicious way, but when you don't have your priorities set in the way that the Lord actually wants him or he's your first love and he's the great intention, like you, you can mess up. And when you know your dad well, you can mess up and you'll be okay. You know, but because it ministry and all my goals and everything. So if if you're not like a ministry person, say you're an entrepreneurial person, or maybe you're just a student, the things that you care about, things that you're passionate about, the thing that I was passionate about consumed me and it was all I care about and whether or not I was doing well in it by my own like opinion and my own, you know, perception of things just ruled my emotion and it just dominated my life. Um, And so. Yeah, even there even was a time when I looked back on all those videos I made and I was like so ashamed of myself. I was like, oh, these are terrible. It's so cringe. Right. But I'm at a point now with the Lord where I'm just having fun with him and I'm obeying him and he's shown me who I am, you know, and like I know I can mess up and it'll be okay. To where like just, just for example, because again, it's just the passion that I personally have. I look at my like videos, the teaching I'm doing and I'm like, yeah, I rock with this. Like, you know, and because I'm actually involving the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and listening to him anyway. Let's we'll we'll talk more about that at the end. Let's just do more failures. This yeah, time. you want to go? Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk discipleship failure. Big time for me. Um, yeah, man. I dropped the ball in high school. Just in general, my my high school witnessing experience was not a win in any way. Um, I yeah, I sucked. I really sucked. Uh, I wasn't walking with the Lord like I should have been. I was a legalist. I was not in any kind of freedom. I mean, I was just struggling so hard. I hated myself. I was depressed and just all this stuff and didn't really know the Lord. And then I didn't know how to have grace and patience and love and kindness. Um, I was just so very confused and I was mean to people. There are people from my high school to this day, to this day, that I know for a fact hold a grudge against me because of things I said to them as a 14, 15 year old. Yeah. And I'm not mad at myself anymore. Like I, I used to be really ashamed of that. I don't look at my 14 because I know how lost and confused I was, right. how much like pain I was in and everything that was going on. I can look and I can read between the lines and go, okay. I saw this video the other day and it was this TikTok and it, the guy was like, don't, um, don't accredit things to uh, malice, which can be accredited to incompetence. Something along those lines. He said it cooler than that, actually. Um, but it's like, yeah, I didn't have malintent. I was just incompetent. Like, I just, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But, bro, I started this Bible study my freshman year of high school. And it was, I shouldn't say it wasn't a success at all. Because I know that there was good, for sure. Um, 
but I started this Bible study my freshman year and it was just a group of guys that were coming to my house and reading the word together. And I was, I really, I was, I was preaching a sermon every Thursday night mm-hmm. uh, and just teaching them all the Bible and walking them through it, which it, it was silly, but like, I don't know. It's just cool. I was barely saved, but I knew I had like a love for teaching the Bible. And that's kind of where like the, the Lord used it for good. And I know there were lots of good conversations and lots of good friendships, but not to, just so you don't get the perception that I have this like totally pessimistic, negative, I hate my past thing is not what I'm trying to get at. But I did, I did fail a ton as a young person. Anyway, long story short, uh, all those guys stopped being my friend my sophomore year and also pretty much all of them stopped being Christian. And not that that's like my fault, like I'm not blaming myself for that, but I did drop the ball with a lot of people. I really was mean to people. I really put a lot of people down. I shamed people. Um, I I was not a good representative of the Lord to people. I was hip- hypocritical. I was just, it was it was gnarly. Yeah. I it had was a, bad. I had a friend. I was like the only Christian. I felt like we all feel like that probably at one moment. Like, yeah. We're the only real ones. But his, I'm not going to say his name, but we were walking together closely for like, did I, did I interrupt you? you no, no, go okay. ahead. Um, we were walking together closely and this guy knew Jesus for like four months. But then I found out he was um, smoking weed again. And so I, when I found out, I looked at him in the car alone. We were like hanging out. And then I was like, I said this to him. I said, I have to hand you over to Satan. You said that <laughs> David, bro. That's crazy. I was 18. Yeah, and- dude. At, and he started crying. He's like, please, no. I was like, this is what the Bible says. I can no longer talk to you. Dude. And I, that friendship, I talked to him. Like, I'll text him. Like, hey. But I, like, ruined that friendship. Isn't that crazy? And then in high school, I'm not done. I'm more. In high school, um, I was known as the preacher. Not just because of TikTok, but because in gym class, I would, like, preach. And in math class... And I would do that same thing. It was like this weird, like, I have the truth. I have the knowledge. People would listen to me because I was charismatic and confident. But I had no love. Like, no love. I was only preaching fear. And I drove people away from the cross. Now, that's going to happen. It's always going to happen. But the way I was doing it was like, I would never meet people where they're at i did not act like christ there's flesh involved oh my gosh too much so much flesh. i would not i would have not have gone to dinner with them right right jesus would have met them like i did not love as as jesus loved i was a preacher i was preaching to them i was speaking to them like throwing a, a ball at them saying catch and throwing as hard as i could and they can never throw back yeah bro i was mean to the other christians i all i wanted to do was argue all day long all day long is all I wanted to do. Bro, I bashed the church. Bro, all the time. Oh because my gosh. All my security came from my mind and how smart I was. And so I just wanted to prove myself all the time. Mine so, came how different I was. I, dude, obsession. I would just argue and shut people down and make people feel stupid. Like that was my goal. I like wanted to do that. It was, I was very lost. And in my insecurity, I failed a ton. And I hurt a lot of people. Like, re- bro, I had some girl that I've never spoken to comment on one of my TikToks like less than a year ago and say something about how I like shamed her friend for smoking weed. And I was like, bro, I was 14. Like I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I still look at him like, bro, people still attach that experience with me 
with Jesus. And uh, it's actually, the, the Lord's done something really redemptive. Um, this past time I visited home, and there's a girl that my freshman year, I used to talk to, to her about Jesus all the time, all the time, and just all throughout high school. Um, you know, there were real gospel conversations I had with people that were legitimate, that worked. You know, I wasn't just like jerk all the time. I know that I really tried my best. You know what I'm saying? I just went about it the wrong way a lot of times. And I did not express people like real Christ-like kindness um, and compassion. But this girl, I just had so many conversations with her all throughout high school. And um, this past time, or a few months ago, actually, she texted me and told me that she was starting to be interested in the Lord again and wanted to go to church and all this stuff. And she got plugged into a church. And um, I sent her like a book to for her to read on like basically freedom um and she is passionately following the lord like really loves the lord and this past time i came home and uh i got one of my friends who's a girl to pray for her and it was just a really precious beautiful moment and i wept i wept because i was like looking at this person that i was like oh all the people that i i hurt their understanding of jesus in high school like there's nothing I can do to fix that for forever. I won't be able to undo all those things. Um, but like watching that in front of me, I just wept in joy. The Lord where I was like, oh God, like you can redeem. You can change things. And I, I, I don't know. I I probably like intercession wise, I probably sp- spend more time praying for kids I went to high school with than anyone, any other group in the world. Yeah. Because I'm like, God, please. <laughs> I messed up. I dropped the ball. Like I really like did this wrong you know Mm -hmm. and I like ever all the time I'm like I wish I could just sit down with every single one and tell them sorry for some mean things and say like here's how I got it wrong and here's why I barely I didn't even know Jesus like I know him now and you you've got no clue how good he is like I just want to give them a real gospel presentation you know but anyway but this is the thing like when I look at those experiences with those failures like I can look and I'm gonna know that if the Lord recognizes the fact that I am made of dust, that I was a kid, that I needed to mature, that I was lost, if he can see things and look, oh, I know why he's doing this because of the hurt and the pain and all that stuff and why he's making this mistake. And despite even if there was no excuse, if he can look and go, oh, I can forgive him for all that, then I can go, oh, I don't need to live in shame and guilt anymore. I don't need to be afraid of failure. I just need to learn from the Lord from those mistakes and move on and not make them again. And... And and just forget about it. That's go ahead. Sorry, you keep going. No, go ahead. I was gonna say that's what makes us uh, Christians. That's what makes us men and women. Is when we fail, we get back up. Mm-hmm. Um, my father, when I was young, was cooking. He would always cook on the grill, and he told me never to touch it. And I remember so clearly, I wanted to, and so I put my hand on the grill. I was burning hot, and I got a third degree burn. I never had to learn or. Even it, I don't know if I've used this before, but it brought so much, well, one trust with my father because I knew what he was saying to be true. Like it made me trust God. I was like, oh, when dad says this, he really means it. And I never touched the grill again. And I've never burned. I've been so careful around fire ever since. It's been crazy. I know it might seem uh, juvenile, but it's like real. And it's being, you have to be committed to learning the right lessons. And you don't, you know, I don't want us to have to put our hand on the stove to learn each time, but I am grateful that it happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's vital for our walk. 
And we, we also, I want to address this. How does God see failure? Is it the Western view or is it an ancient view? Because when I look at the Bible, when I look at the story of Abraham, when God makes a promise to Abraham, Abraham fails so many times. Yeah. He tries to do it his own way so many times. He, he lies to get his way out of things. He, he does all these things. But God doesn't sit, sit him on the bench like a coach. Like God doesn't sub him out. Right. So how does God view failure? I think it's really important. We can keep telling more stories. But how does Jesus view failure? Is it like how we view failure? If we if we get an F on the class, we have to, you know, we, we get a punishment. Or if we do something wrong, we we're, we're, we have a punishment. It's like this this drastic thing. Is God like that? Is God our coach? Yeah. Is God our teacher? Is God like our mom and dad here on the earth? Or how how does how does God view failure? Yeah. And if you fail, does that change how God sees you? Right. And does think, it change your destiny? Right. That I think that's ultimately is we the effect of failure is what we're scared of right because it's not just messing up it's what happens when i mess up everything falls apart right if i make a mistake and if i fail and i think the whole point of the grace of god is that that's not how it works right you know sometimes like we do have to face earthly consequences of failure mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like if you go get a dui and like you get drunk and you you crash into somebody like you're going to go to jail for 20 plus years. Yeah. yeah. You're going to pay the earthly consequences for that. That's a failure, but that doesn't mean the Lord turns his back like towards you. You know what I'm saying? It right. doesn't mean, which is just, which the Lord is a God of justice and he wants those, those earthly systems to be set in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. But on the eternal scale, someone like that, that failure can be washed away and can be dealt with and forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it's, so obviously I'm not endorsing drunk driving, just saying like, there, there is no failure that the Lord looks at. And goes, I mean, just look at the kind of people that God picks. There, there was a quote I remember um, from years ago. I don't, who, I don't know. Wow. I don't remember who said it or exactly how it goes. But it's, it's what they said is basically every single person in the Bible, like the writers of the Bible, are very careful to smear their reputation. Like to show you how stupid every single one. Like right. there is no Bible character besides the Lord Jesus who has no documented failure. Every single one has to go read, go read the patriarchs, go read about Abraham. It makes Muslims so confused. Go read about Moses, go read <laughs> yeah. about Joshua, go read about David, like go read about the prophets. Even Job. Yeah, go yeah, go like, read about <laughs> Peter, right? Right. Like these dudes were failures in many ways. Right. In many ways. Peter was a fisherman and not a very good one at that, apparently, according <laughs> to scripture, right? And he denies Jesus. Like that's a huge failure, and then what happens? Like this is this is like I think the wonderful thing about about how the Lord deals with failure is the conversation Jesus has with them after he sits down with them and has breakfast, and he just eats with them, and he receives Peter again, and he says, "Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me?" And Peter is like, he's heartbroken because he's looking back at this failure, but the Lord totally restores him and goes, "You're going to feed my sheep. You're going to lead my people still." Right. Well, there's two responses. I mean, you're exactly right. I want to address this really quick because we're on the Peter wave. There's two responses because then you have Judas because Judas failed. Right. And what did he do? He runs away from Jesus. He runs away from Christ. Right. And he lets the shame consume him. And that's why there's such a drastic difference between remorse and repentance. Yeah. Remorse leads to shame, to self-pity, to death. Right. 
and repentance leads you back to Christ. That's what Paul says, worldly guilt versus godly guilt. And it's so vital we as Christians run back to Christ. And when we fail, when we bite the bait of Satan, he wants to get us so far away from Jesus. Because once we embrace the, the cross, Jesus is basically hug. Like it just, it vanishes. Yeah. And Satan's biggest goal is to make us feel shame. Yeah. And that's what makes David so different. Look at David. David arguably raped a woman, killed her husband. And then lied about it, and then he, he gets he gets um, uh, basically it's a story if you don't know it's um, the story of Bathsheba, King David is not where he's supposed to be. He's yeah. supposed to be at war, but he stays home and he sees this naked woman bathing on her rooftop. He he has lustful thoughts. He takes her in, he sleeps with her, and then kills her husband by putting uh, her husband on the front lines of this um, military battle kills her husband um and then marries her and then keeps going about his life and then this prophet named nathan he's like dude what rebukes david well he comes and says he comes to david and says david what what would you what would you do if someone in your kingdom did this and david is like i would punish him to the strongest degree i would kill him and david and then nathan's like yeah that's what you did bro and david is like and he receives the rebuke the Lord disciplines him. Mm-hmm. His son dies, and he. But he repents and he turns. Remarkably and, fast, r- pretty quickly. That's why David is so radically different, and that's why I think God chose Peter is because these men want righteousness. Yeah, they don't value their reputation enough to to withhold repentance. Yeah. That's like Psalm 51 is what David writes right after that whole ordeal. And then he goes back to, I'm the Lord's and I'm God's guy. I'm, that's what they always say, right? I'm, I'm that's he's God's, he knows he's God's guy still. So I can mess up and mess up and mess up. My plans can fall through. I can say dumb things. I can make mistakes. And you're going to, yeah, you just will. You will welcome to being human. Yeah. And it's not about intentionally pursuing failure, but it's knowing that I have a God who has according to his word, made me perfect despite them. Um, again, back, back to the story of Peter. Is Peter's, I mean, you have to think, to get into his mindset. The whole expectation of Peter when he fails and when he sees Jesus again, he's ashamed of himself. I, I imagine him honestly cowering and being like, oh, I don't know how to be around you right I, now because I betrayed you. But so so what happens is Peter, Jesus made this promise to Peter. Remember when, when Peter recognizes Jesus as the Messiah, he says, he renames Peter the rock and he says, on this rock, I will build my church. And there's there's argument about what Jesus exact, exactly meant there. But what we do know is that Jesus made some pretty strong remarks to Peter. And of course, including Peter and his little group of three of Peter, James, and John, he made some pretty strong, like, statements to Peter about Peter leading the people, about Peter playing a strong leading role. And and then Peter denies Jesus. So what does Peter probably think is going to happen? He probably thinks that he's going to lose that position, that Jesus is going to revoke that from him, and that he won't he won't be in that position anymore, that he'll become, or, or that Jesus himself will deny him back. But then what happens? Jesus speaks back to him, that Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. And it's the reason Peter is grieved is there's this moment where he has this restorative conversation where Jesus doesn't go, Peter, I reject you now, or Peter, I, everything I take back. No, no, no. He says, Peter, you're going to feed my sheep. Yeah. You're still going to feed my sheep. And that's how the Lord addresses us in failure is he, he helps us to go, okay, look, you messed up. Let's consider why. Why did you make that mistake? What happened here? 
Why did you fail? And then it's like, okay, let me dust you off. Let's keep going because you still are going to be the person I made you to be. You're still going to, you're still going to do the things I created you to do. Mm -hmm. So he, he redeems and he restores and he cleans up our messes for us. It's, it's wonderful. And I want to go back to that. Elijah, that's fantastic. I want to go back to how Peter reacted. This is out of Luke chapter 24. This is after Peter denied Jesus. They think he's dead. They think Jesus is dead. But then the women go to the tomb. They see that Jesus is alive. The angels say he is, he is no longer here. He's risen. And it says in verse, um, verse 10, chapter 24, It was Mary Magdalene and the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Then it says, but Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And I, I read this last week, and I just wept, and I wasn't emotional. I wasn't emotional at all, but it says, but Peter, but Peter ran to the tomb. And this is what we must do when we fail. We must run back to the tomb. We must run back to the cross. We must run back to Jesus. We must run back. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Mary comes back and she says, guys, you're not going to believe it. He's risen. He's risen. He, he's alive. He's alive. And then, sorry, headphone warning. And the disciples are saying, you fool. This is idle. This is wrong. But I want to picture Peter in the back of the room. I want to picture Peter after he failed. And I just wonder if all the disciples, their, their heads are bowed and they, 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 don't, they don't believe Mary. But, but Peter, but Peter, his eyes spark open. He goes, what? And he gets up while all the disciples are bickering. He runs. He gets up and he runs as fast as he can to the tomb to see himself if but John, Jesus but is alive. John outruns him. So John does outrun him. Well, you know, the best story with Peter is John 21, kind of what I, the, the events leading right up to what I was describing of the Peter, do you love me thing is they see Jesus on the shore and they said, they realize Peter says it's the Lord and they begin to, to tow the boat to the shore to meet with Jesus. And Peter takes his outer garment off and sprints and dives off the boat and swims to Jesus. That's Peter. That's like, a man who desires forgiveness, who, yeah. who desires who, who look, he's ripping off his outer garment. He's he's ripping off his pride. David ripped off his pride and he humbled himself to the Lord. Failure, true redemption after failure requires a humility to come back to Christ. Yeah. I believe pride keeps so many people away from Christ because they're too worried about their reputation. Yeah. It's like the only thing worse you can do other than failing is staying prideful after you fail and failing again but refusing to acknowledge that you need to just let the Lord wipe you off and keep going, like staying. And that pride can manifest in two ways. So if you want to get hard-headed and arrogant and refuse to acknowledge that you failed or you want to live in deep insecurity and let it, let it dominate you, it's all that self-centered looking inward thing. Like you cannot be controlled by those things. And that's, that's what's beautiful about that story of Peter running and jumping off the boat to get to the shore before any of the disciples is the conversation that happens afterwards where P G Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me? Indicates that there was no restorative conversation yet. The Lord in him hadn't, 
quote unquote or whatever, reconciled with each other yet. Peter hadn't apologized yet for what he did. He hadn't he hadn't made things right with the Lord yet. So they have this conversation and that's when the Lord makes peace about it. But we can imagine like the moments where Jesus appeared in the room or whatever beforehand where Peter is like awkward and doesn't know what to say and he's afraid and he doesn't mm -hmm. know how Jesus feels about him anymore. And so we don't want to buy into that into a mindset like that where when, when we fail, it's like, oh, everyone hates me and I can't be around God and God's disappointed in me and all these things. It's like, no, the Lord is picking me up. He's dusting me off and pushing me forward. Let's keep going. Like you're, you're cleaned, you're made new. It's, it's time to stop living in the better things and being dominated by these things because I have bigger, better, brighter, more wonderful, beautiful things for you. And that's why so many people are like stuck in their porn addiction, pornography addictions and, and these addictions because I, I know guys who haven't watched porn in like two years and then they'll fall and then they'll fall like five times that week. Yeah, failure compounds when you can't handle it well. Hmm. It's the dude, bro, the number one worst, can I tell you the number one worst thing for me when I was struggling with that? Having a day counter on my phone that told me how long it had been <laughs> because then the longer you go before you fall and you mess up again, it destroys, destroys you. you. Yeah. It destroys you. And it's like, because you made the success thing how many days? Right. Right. And then someone was like, yeah, bro, but it's been, it's been months since you dealt with that. Like, that's a good step in the right direction. But it's like, no, I threw it all away. It's just as bad. Like, and I'm like, I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Uh -huh. Where you just like go back into crazy mode, right. even though you're like clearly making progress, but you can't handle failure. You're like, that's, yeah, that's one of many reasons why people struggle with that. When you can't process and handle, handle failure in a mature way and handle it with the Lord and let him talk you through it, it will dominate you. And that's why many people are kept, yeah, kept in addiction, one hundred percent. It's true, men and women. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fun. Hmm. Should I share one more really funny one? We should do two more. Me I'll, and you. I have one more failure that I can think of. It's, I've not failed another time. Yeah, since okay. I believe you. <laughs> My third sermon ever. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Why are you laughing already? I know it's oh, a okay. joke. Yeah, you messed it up. My my okay, bro. My third sermon ever, I'm preaching a message from the book of Revelation about the church in Smyrna. And if you don't know, the letters to the, to the churches in the, the second and third chapters of Revelation, uh, Smyrna is a church that was characterized by constant suffering and persecution. So it was a very intense message about suffering as a Christian, um, about the Lord being there and suffering, about evil and sickness and poverty and all these things. That's what I'm preaching about. And at the end of the sermon, I'm kind of in my closing moments, and I'm talking about how worship in the midst of suffering is a holy incense before the Lord. But instead of incense, I said that worship in the midst of suffering is a holy incest before the Lord, like in full yelling preacher mode. I said incest, and then I froze. And I was like, dude, what have I done? What <laughs> have I done? What happened after? What have I done? So no, this is where it gets real bad. This is like the act. See, that's like a misspeak. This is the real failure. From the pulpit, from the pulpit, I be <laughs> to try to clean it up. I started making jokes about incest and about Adam and Eve and their kids procreating. For like three minutes. Through that no, it's not three minutes. For like ten minutes. No, it's like a fifteen second thing, but I fully started making like inappropriate jokes from the pulpit, trying to clean it up because I was so embarrassed. But yeah, that was that was uh that was pretty rough. <laughs> well, um I have something better. Something oh gosh, more. I forgot about this. I forgot you didn't tell the story. Something more impressive. <laughs> so, I, I can't use his name. No, don't do it. Wait. Tell the story. So <laughs> I got invited to a very nice dinner party 
with some very nice leaders. And I'm not going to use his name, but I got to meet a very notable man, a man of great character, a man of great history with the Lord, a man of great influence, especially the circle that I was running in, still in. And a week before I met him, I met a boy who came up to me and he said, hey, David, I don't want to let you know that I'm just not impressed with you. In your ministry, everything you've done, I'm just not impressed with it. Which I've heard stuff like that before. Like people have told me, and I've heard really good talks on this, of like you need to surround yourself with people who aren't, who impressed. love you, but they're not like impressed with you. Like they're not like, you know what I'm saying? They're right. Not. And someone told me that two days but, before I met this guy. But the way that guy, that guy not knowing you is him trying to impress you. So that's why it's weird. You know what I'm saying? Right. For me, it's like, the thing is David, I, David and I like are impressed with each other. Like we do love each other, but I'm not like, wow, man, you're so amazing. You're everything I could never be. Like you're just my bro. And I like, while I am impressed with what you're doing to the Lord, I also know all your, like all your, your screwball moments and you're a cornball right. and you're a failure. And like all these, like all these little, all these little fair, I know about them. You're human mm-hmm. is what it means. So really when people say that they're like, you need people around you who know you're human. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And so this guy tells me this. I'm blown away. I'm like, dude, this guy's incredible. I need to surround myself with him. Like, because a week, two, like a, a couple days earlier, someone told me, it was like, you need to surround yourself with the people who aren't impressed with you. This guy says, I'm not impressed with you. I'm like, this guy's a genius. So I meet this man, this notable man. First thing I say to him. Like, I think you can see where this is going. <laughs> hello, hello, embarrassment. And I got into the second part. Yeah, you do. Okay, so <laughs> I walk up to him. I shake his hand. I'm like, hello. I want to let you know. <laughs> you said the name like a Lego character in the Lego games? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I want to let you know that I just love everything you've done. He's like, whoa, thanks. Thanks, bro. I'm like, but I'm just, um, I'm just not impressed with you. <laughs> and he buddy taps me on the shoulder and he goes, thanks, bro. Walks <laughs> away. <laughs> the buddy tap is crazy. I know. Oh gosh, that's so funny. It kind of hurt. No, I'm kidding. I bet it did a little bit. It was like it was like you realized you were dumb in that moment. No, I didn't. No, you thought it was awesome. I get home that night. I'm stoked. <laughs> Forgot about this. And I tell some people that I'm with, and they're like, "We were cooking," and they stop. I tell them a story. I'm like, "Yeah, I just told him I'm not present with them," and he's like, "Oh wow, wow, okay." And it seemed like he took it so well. And they go, "What did you?" actually say that didn't they stop chopping and stuff they're like dude you can't say that are you like dying laughing and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) three months later (laughs) this is where it gets funny three months later i have another opportunity to meet this man and basically i walked up to him and i said hey I'm, i'm so sorry about saying that to you no 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 I got warned not to, by the yeah, way. Someone told you not to say anything about it. Someone close to him told me not to say anything about They're it. They're like, he probably doesn't remember it. Don't say anything about it. You're it'll, fine. It'll be weird. And I like freaked out in my head when I saw him. <laughs> and I said, hey, a couple, we're in a room full of people now. It's a quiet room. It's, a, it's like a green room. Like It's like yeah. people can hear you. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't know that part. Dude, this is where it gets bad. I'm going to go in detail that I've never not gone before. And I look at him like, hey, Maya. Uh, um, 
I just want to let you know, uh, I, I'm so sorry about telling you that I'm not impressed with you. He's like, what? What are you talking about, bro? Three months ago, I, I came up to you at a dinner party and I said I wasn't impressed with you. And I'm just so sorry about that. He was like, bro, I don't even know what you're talking about, but, but thanks. Gave me another buddy tap. No. And walked away. It was so awkward, bro. Which that you, you're like him responding to you is so much grace and courtesy. So much responding grace. to you like that. Like, especially the first time, if somebody walked up to me like that, I'd be like, bro, what? But he was just like, thanks, man. And just like taps you like, yeah. like a kind gesture. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. And you know, like it's just like a calm, peaceful, like merciful response. It's a, if you're not careful, you, it can sound like he's like dogging this guy, but no, David was saying something really stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was saying something really dumb. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that story is unbelievable, bro. That story is actually unbelievable. <laughs> I love it every single time. It's you better. tell it. I can't believe it. It's I can't bad. believe it. That's crazy. How old were you? 19. <laughs> I cannot imagine thinking that that's a good idea. Wait, it was. Yeah, it was 19. <laughs> that's a year ago. A little over a year ago. Oh, man. It's so funny. Oh, 18 my. or 19, I forget. Oh. Let's just say 18. That's inc- No, 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 no. Definitely, <laughs> definitely 19. A bit. I just turned 19. That is crazy. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. But I'll be honest. What'd the men that were in that room, the guy who warned me not to say it, and the man I said it to, have treated me with so much grace. And, I mean, remarkable men. Yeah. But dang, that's awkward. Ooh, it's so that's awkward, bad, dude. dude. I have so said, I have said, and guys, this is just like your local pastor. Like this was like a dawn. This was a, this was like a him moment in my, in my eyes, at least. In <laughs> we, we laugh like, about like, it now. Would keep me up at night. It kept me up at night for about a week. <laughs> because the guy who warned me not to say anything, like pulled me aside after, was like, dude, kind of like dishonored me. Like that was pretty bad. Because it was bad. It really was bad. <laughs> like, I didn't believe his words. Like, it was bad. He's like, dude, you got to trust me next time. But he was so graceful. But it was bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unbelievable, bro. That is crazy. At least he didn't make thirst traps, though. Dude, that is so much worse than thirst traps. I take thirst traps over that every day. Every day. All day long. I would make a thirst trap tomorrow. <laughs> Rather than do that, bro. But yeah, that's it. That's how that's how it is. And surprise, surprise. We feel we mess up, but life God is, is life still is giving good. me. God is still using. Why? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why he chose me in the first place to nope. do all this stuff. But what the heck? A crying kid who made so many mistakes in front of millions of people. And so. God still gives me my Lego sets that I want. What? You don't have. Do you have a Lego set in this room? James Bond. The car? Yeah, it's like $29 in oh. the Turkish airport. Oh, I have my Molnir. I have my hammer in here. Yeah, I kind of want to get that Back to the Future one. Yeah. I should have bought that Boba Fett one at Target tonight. It's it $10. Bucks. 10 bucks for Boba Fett, dude. It's so sick. Hmm. All right. Well. Give to my ministry. fifteen ninety nine. You'll never.